0: Thank you for welcoming us onto your headphones. I'm Eddie.
1: I'm Fernando. This movie sucks.
0: And I'm Alex reviewing Wonder Woman '84. And this well, is the Eddie, rollback. You're
1: uh, the only one that likes this movie.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, look, look, look. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. On the same day that you that you're going to be listening to this podcast, we're going to also release our review for Wonder Woman, the original one that came out in 2017. And the better uh, one and i said i said often in that in that movie um, i have rose tinted glasses on when it comes to dc movies i make no qualms about it i don't hide it i understand i uh, i'm biased He also likes to get Fuck hit you. by a
1: significant other
0: what i'm going to cut that
1: why because you like abusive relationships dc keeps giving you these horrible movies and you're you, you take the punches and you're like no they didn't mean it they said they loved me <laughs>
0: god this is gonna get taken down so hard um jesus christ for okay so wonder woman 1984 okay l- real quick real quick before we jump into it j- just so we're very clear uh how did y'all feel about the first one fernie i know you saw it way back in 2017 how did you feel about it i originally? liked it the first i one? liked
1: the first one the first one i thought was good
0: okay all right all right that, that's good uh, alex how, how did you feel about the very first one
2: I gave it a B. I was excited to see where Patty Jenkins was going to take this story. I was hoping she was going to do more of what I liked and less of what I thought was annoying and
0: stupid. That's fair. And I obviously love the first one. Uh, So we're going to jump into the second one. Um, Let's talk about the opening sequence, because I thought it was pretty fun. Um, Dude, I I
1: wanted to punch my TV in that opening sequence.
0: What? Why? I thought the opening sequence was pretty good. It was so
1: cheesy and hammy. I was just like, "Oh, fuck you. You're insulting my intelligence right now." So there's a jewelry store robbery,
2: right? In, in an oh. 80s mall because they've got a back room full of black
0: market wait, wait, antique. Wait, time the fuck out. Time the fuck out. I'm talking about the opening with uh Young Diana in the mascara in a race. And
2: you're not talking oh. about
0: the opening fuck. Yeah, the opening oh. scene. That is the opening scene is it happy opens to the mall
2: and then it flashes no. back
1: to her. No, it was the mascara. Yeah, he's right. Okay, then I'm yeah, stupid. Boom.
2: Who's right? Cut e. that, Eddie. Cut it, please. I'm on my knees, Eddie. Um, that's what she said. Now, anyway, uh,
0: so you know the opening scene.
2: <laughs> so the opening scene <laughs> revisit their protagonists' backstories to uncover something different that's relevant to the current plot of the sequel. Well,
0: oh, I mean, I'm not against it, but okay, so uh opening scene you know as young diana and she's about to participate in some kind of athletic event which i thought wait what the fuck they're going to let the the 13 year old compete and then i was like oh yeah that's right she's a demigod it's not really fair you thought she was 13 isn't she 13 i believe they said the teenage diana when uh in the, when there was uh, an interview uh the, the girl who played her was 13 i was just watching oh, the so movie we, I she we was have like to
1: eight. watch interviews now just, so, just to just know what's happening in the movie motherfucker
0: i'm telling you her
2: age well and also she had like a tantrum at the end when she didn't win the olympics like i thought she was was playing younger um but okay so so her mother hippolyta right extremely overprotective, doesn't even want her to train but she's okay with diana being in the olympics
1: oh you could tell that diana called her a bitch every once in a while behind the scenes (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> i like to think she had more respect for her mother but yeah so uh there's this incredible athletic event going on which i thought uh was kind of cool you know um the comics they do a decent job of fleshing out the mascara but uh you never see events like this you know it reminded me of the well initially in wonder woman's origin you know uh when it came to taking steve trevor back to the human world to, to the world of man they had to have a competition, you know, to see okay who's going to be the one to go and be our ambassador and leave Themyscira forever. You know, it's a great honor, and Wonder Woman won. In the comics, mm-hmm. so I kind of thought this was very much relevant to that competition. It's kind of an di- Easter egg. Yeah, the only difference being is that Hippolyta never shot at Diana with a gun.
1: Can I also say something? Well, yeah. Looking back on it, I'm just like the the whole main part of this sequence is that you can't you can't win with cheating and that's the whole main deal about this sequence and looking back on it now i'm just like they could have cut this entire fucking sequence and it would have made no difference to the movie whatsoever
2: oh it would have made a difference i
1: would have liked it more because it'd be shorter i
2: mean this is two and a half hours <laughs> oh god okay okay i'm not <laughs> the only
1: one that felt the length and that's because i saw it twice
2: oh goodness well, and the other thing is, she's as strong as all these grown women, right? I mean, she's throwing javelins. She's pulling back the bow, which takes effort. But then she gets knocked off from of her horse by leaves. <laughs> like, she runs into this light branch and just tumbles her off. And like a scrub. What, what happens is, Robin Wright, you know, Diana manages to, like, recover. And she goes down a slide to get back on her horse and outride the others. And she's about to throw, like, the final uh, javelin to win the, the competition and Robin Wright comes out of nowhere, like takes the spear, like knocks her down and tells her that she was a cheater and that she didn't earn the victory. I didn't see where, where she cheated though, really like she got knocked off and found a way to get back on and like recover lost time. It just seems like she was working around obstacles and honestly, you know, fuck this movie for making me hate Robin Wright because Robin Wright was my favorite Themascarin last time around.
0: Even you know more than Diana.
2: Uh, I, I see Diana as less like the because she's more of a demigod, you know. That's yeah. World she's Man. a
1: she's a mudblood.
0: Jesus Fern, Jesus Fern. <laughs> this this review is gonna go so south so fast. It's not funny at this point. Jesus. Um, also, like the movie. Yeah, and that
2: that ah, that speech that Robin Wright gives. No hero is born of lies. Someone should inform Clark Kent of that. Huh?
0: <laughs> Maybe well, also we Diana, remember other, she's like, on Amazon. She's a dick. she's a fucking demigod.
2: Ugh, it's she's just, literally
0: born of a lie. It's
2: just dumb. It's just dumb to me.
0: Um, but okay. So from there we go into the 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 cheesiest sequence. Uh, I
1: hate how they portray the eighties in this movie. I very much do.
0: Hey, were you alive in the eighties, Vernie?
1: No, I wasn't. But I know for damn sure it wasn't like that, and I wanted to kick my TV through the wall.
0: Why do you wish they would have consulted with the Stranger Things people? Hmm.
1: Hmm. I think they should have consulted with with anybody that made a movie about the '80s. You know, John
0: John Hughes is there.
1: I would like John John Hughes dead,
0: Eddie. What's called fucking? Okay, so we get. I wish he wasn't. Fuck you. So we get this weird ass, and admittedly, this even I think this was a bit odd that in this mall, uh, the, the, there's an antique uh, store that has like a back room with all these ancient artifacts. Even I thought that was. It's just I like a jewelry a store. Odd.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's a that's got Indiana Jones shit in the back. Which, fucking news to me. Yeah, and that I don't know. She she goes on, and you've got like a brief sequence of her saving people. Um, some of it was fine. I thought that that rope rescue was stupid. Um, I don't know if you've <laughs> listened to to our Wonder Woman review, Fernie, but the the lasso of truth. I was not a great fan of last movie, and I don't think they did anything to improve it this time around.
1: No, no, and then like what I hated was the criminals what is this their first time robbing anything like they they're all like totally shut slow. down like as soon as something bad happens they all just like crap their pants and then everything goes to shit they're panicking
2: they're dropping guns they like well the you know One goes the wild world, card and takes the hostage a yeah swings her over the um, over the ledge and he just says I'm not going back
1: and even the criminals are trying to talk him down. They're like, whoa, dude, take it easy. Like, we're not doing this.
2: Yeah, for real. Like, Even and this is she, too far. Well, she grabs her her rope and she, like, web swings with it. Um, I thought the camera work around her movement was better around. I also thought that her jumping felt, like, more natural.
1: Um, really? That rope. I, hated, I hated how they did her action in this movie. I felt like they slow-moed every time she did anything
2: well i had like in particular last time uh qualms with like how they showed her moving around like mm. the the jumping to me was more like incredible hulk jumping um, oh, Okay, but here it feels more like organic um as far as the action overall i mean that's a little bit different and also the other thing that i thought was kind of funny is that in the news she's a mysterious female savior She's not exactly Batman. I mean, you'd think that she'd be pretty well known in, like, her primary colored costume and light-up rope and the ability to, like, leap three stories at a time. I mean,
1: Look, you're you're not, Alex, you're, not you're speaking logic. You're speaking logic in this in this movie that has no logic. What are you doing?
0: You're and not that's wrong. The thing, though. I mean, but, like, there's no cell phones to, like, record her actions or whatnot. It's just like, hey, did you hear about this chick? I mean, let's be real. For- cameras. Like, look, yeah, they
2: had security like, cams in the 80s.
0: Well, no, she, you even saw her breaking the camera so they wouldn't see her, so they wouldn't get her. But, uh, it, like, imagine fucking us being, I don't know, five years old. Hey, guys, did you hear about the new, uh, you know, they have Super Saiyan 10 now and going online. Like, it, it's fucking a legend. Like, you know, you don't believe it. Who the is going to believe there's some woman that can jump three stories and throw a man around like a rag doll? Like, no one's going to fucking believe it unless you see it with your own eyes.
2: Don't you fucking say that about Super Saiyan 10, right? Gohan Blanco. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's uh, a... DC made DC look pretty. I mean, I thought that they chose pretty good places, pretty scenic places to film. Um,
0: And
1: then that was it.
2: And Sorry?
1: And then that was it.
2: And that was it, and that was the movie. No, but, well, part of the reason why this is coming as kind of a shock to me is because Patty Jenkins did so well with stuff like this in the last movie that it's just, it's kind of a, it's kind of a jarring change. And I mean, you know, she's the same, I guess it was the writer, I guess that Jeff Johns just can't do what the last screenwriter did.
0: Well, also how familiar are you guys with Jeff Johns? Like how familiar are you with his work?
2: I've read some of his stuff. Uh, He's well, one of his more famous works is like blackest night which I similarly am not a, a huge fan of.
0: Huh. Okay, that's different. Fernie, how well do you know Jeff Johns?
1: I know he's written some stuff. I think he wrote, like, the Blade movies. Um, but not too familiar.
0: So he's primarily known, obviously, for his comic book work. Um, he has done you know, some... He's getting more into the DC realm as far as, like, trying to help... Uh, course correct the movies and kind of aim them. He's trying to be like the Kevin Feige, but more or less just aiming them. He's trying to correct a lot of things. He's, he's multitasking a lot. somewhere else. The what? T- turn it around. Course correct back. Well, cause bear in mind though, he's not, a, it, Alex, you're more, you're familiar, you're more familiar with writing than, than Fernando is. So I, you might agree with me on this. There's a different way to write, let's say like a poem versus a speech versus, like, a short story versus a comic versus a screenplay. And you can have a lot of buffers that, like, will review everything. But nonetheless, like, if you're a master at one craft, that doesn't make you uh, an expert at, you know, the other craft. You know what I mean?
2: Well, that is true. That is true. There are different, you know, styles. There are different rhetorical devices that you use with each. But fundamentally, you know, when you're telling a story, whether that be through a comic book or through a movie – you do want it to have a certain kind of logical consistency, even if it doesn't necessarily have to make sense. Like there are stories that take places that like take place in dreams, right. Or in trips or whatever. You want them to have a certain kind of internal consistency, right? Even if it's not like this is what would happen in the real world. You want people to believe this is what would happen in the world of the story. And I think that the sequel to wonder woman just does not do that as well as the original did
0: fair um well, so, so from this point we go to diana to her day job uh she works at the smithsonian institute in dc um she and this is kind of when we get a very first look at uh uh barbara and minerva or uh, better known as cheetah you know later on she becomes cheetah uh when you were first introduced to her what, what did you think of her character like you know does she fit the bill of being quirky you know the girl that no one looks at and all that I
1: mean, I guess, but, like, she never even feels like a villain, like, out the gate. Like, she never really has that angst that you can tell, like, someone's going to be a villain. Uh, Like, for example, Spider-Man 1 with Tobey Maguire. You know damn well Norman Osborn is going to be the villain.
0: Absolutely. Like, with her,
1: with her, like, you're just like, um, what are you supposed to be doing in this movie?
2: Yeah, we'll get into it later with Maxwell Lord, but I mean, I thought that there was definitely enough
0: to root for on the villain's side this time around. But isn't she, like, supposed to be the reluctant villain? Like, the one that, like, didn't want to, but ends up, like, fuck, via circumstance, I am now the bad guy. Bring it on, you Themyscirian bitch. Well,
2: she's more mistaken than anything else, right? And, I mean, we see throughout the movie that, like, she's not a bad person inherently. She's just getting carried away. Um what I thought was weird about her intro is that this movie does the thing that every rom-com does and like they give her like 80s hair and glasses and then they pretend that she's not Kristen Wiig and all the, like all the museum guys are like mean to her but they're 80s nerds and she's Kristen Wiig like it just it makes
1: no sense to me. I know you put glasses on a person all of a sudden they're ugly.
0: Uh, look yep. at look at Superman. Look at Clark Kent and uh, and Superman, man. They can two two completely different fucking people just snap some glasses on them. We do not. And speak Superman, his name he is born of lies. And then <laughs>
1: Superman has that ability to erase time from women's minds to stop them from pressing charges. <laughs> and,
0: um, oh. oh Jesus Christ. Okay. That's a deep cut. I enjoy that. <laughs> okay. So, the FBI asked the museum to identify some of the antiques. And one of the antiques um, is called the uh, the Dreamstone, which... Uh, honestly, even I got to admit, I, I was like, there's a lot of artifacts in D.C. You couldn't have picked a better yeah. one? Sure. Sure.
2: I mean, it's... Um... Well, I think that to its credit, the movie does kind of say what would happen if something like that was out there and you had a lot of people who had access to that kind of power. Um, so one other thing that I'm not, I'm not sure was ever explained, uh, but just like Diana got like lightning powers unexpectedly last time, she's also immortal. And I just, I don't know what her powers are Exactly. <laughs>
1: So yeah they're giving her the superman treatment
2: well yeah it's she'll like create shockwaves sometimes for instance um and it's just i don't know what she's capable of so it's kind of weird when the action oh sequences, invisibility
1: don't forget invisibility yeah, you
2: know, she's a sorceress out of nowhere it's, it's weird because the action sequences don't have that same kind of attention when you know jeff johns can just say oh and she does this
0: too See, and that goes to uh, and Franny, uh You, uh, you weren't privy to this conversation. There's a lot of aspects of the comics that they use in the movies that they don't explain uh, in uh, in uh, the movies. For example, sure. what I would say uh, is that getting new powers
2: as the plot demands is one of like the bad habits that comics have. That and you know, changing stories, retconning. That's and... something. That I would argue weakens a story, and if you have an opportunity to do a different version of that story on the big screen, maybe tighten it up. You know, maybe don't make that same mistake twice.
0: No, that's fair. Um, uh, the I want to explain the power real quick, where she can make the invisible jet invisible. So, just real quick uh, backstory: Dan is obviously a demigod. She's the daughter of Zeus, and Zeus and Hippolyta got it on. Uh, Hera, Zeus's wife, got pissed. And obviously she's like, hey, I'm going to go kill that little bitch and her daughter too. So Zeus, to protect uh, Hippolyta and mascara and more importantly Diana, cast a shield over mascara making it invisible. In theory, Diana is technically his daughter. She should, in theory, be able to make things invisible as well, hence the power. I wish they had explained it like that, though, in the movies. Because there's so many uh, instances where they could have incorporated the comics with just a sentence or two. You know, been I mean, like, oh, yeah, I have my dad's powers. That's why I can use lightning. That's why I'm able to make things invisible. I have some of Zeus's abilities, like the spider, like the web swinging from the lightning. And this takes us
2: to a to another point that you had made last time, Eddie. Um, Fernie, what Eddie had said was that he was hoping that Hera would actually play a greater role in the movies because in mythology, um, Zeus always cheats on Hera, and Hera pretty much always finds out and you know, enacts horrible revenge, the idea, well, you know, the, the guess had been that maybe Hera is behind a lot of like the lesser villains that are the um, the problems in these movies and that ultimately she'll be behind it. Uh, I'm not certain that we see them in this movie. You know, what, what do you think of that, Eddie? Are
0: you still, still in that same spot? No, not anymore. I, I lost faith. Maybe if Jeff Johns had been involved in the first one, he because the thing is, Jeff Johns is really good at setting shit up, like, he's really good at like foreshadowing, you know, two years down the line, you're gonna see this coming. Like, he did that in, in the Watchmen comics that just came out, that was a crossover with DC. He's amazing at that, but uh, no, no, I, I'm gonna call it right now. Hero's not involved, I think that would have been a, a better choice.
2: Um, yeah. it's just one of the many things that kind of disappoints me about this movie, just like, um. For instance, Barbara uh Barbara Minerva when she's heading home uh from work, right? She's going through uh the National Mall looks like. And this this basically like this attempted rapist uh you know starts propositioning her and he assaults her he says I'm just trying to help you, which was just the strangest thing for me to like, hear I just out of a make you feel good. Enough.
1: I just want to make you yeah.
2: feel good. It was just, that was so, was awkward dialogue for me. It didn't fit the scene.
0: I mean, I think if he had been the more like, I'm just trying to help you he get laid. Like obviously, obviously he's an attempted rapist, but I mean, can, is it too much to ask that the dialogue makes sense maybe? Exactly. And I mean,
2: of course Diana shows up uh, and that's part of where Barbara's like fixation on her comes because, um, you know, Diana saves her and then they become friends and Barbara, of course, because, you know, she's a wallflower, she's unappreciated at work and socially, um, she becomes a bit jealous.
0: Yeah, um, it's around that point that she she makes a wish on the, the Dreamstone, as is Diana. Diana wishes, you know, for Steve Trevor to come back. Oh, Barbara... Wait, hold
1: on, hold on, hold on. Uh, I just want to touch on that jealousy aspect. They so... never show her be jealous. Ever like she's more than willing to help out Diana throughout the movie, like she's more like yeah. her buddy. Yeah, well, she, she yeah, wants to be more like her. Yeah, but let's see. It's not until the <laughs> end she when Diana is like okay. it's not until the end when Diana wants to destroy the dreamstone that she's finally like, Oh, now I have to fight her. But yeah, like the whole right. time. Like, she's, like, her buddy throughout the entire movie.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and you only really get that she's, like, jealous or kind of idolizing her when she does that first wish. Um, Which, you know, once they receive the Dreamstone, it catches the attention of the, you know, mastermind behind this movie. Oh, God. Maxwell Lord. (laughs) What did we think of Pedro Pascal here?
1: Dude, they ruined his acting ability with this movie. I, every time he spoke, I wanted to, I, I wanted to fight somebody. I was like, what? This is the most useless villain I've ever
0: seen. Well, I guess, uh, all right. In defense of Maxwell Lord, (laughs) God, again, I wish she was more like the comics, but in this aspect, I understand she was kind of trying to go for the, uh, the whole not misunderstood villain, but more like... Redeemable you, villain. Yeah, like if you understand what... not. Yeah, redeemable, but also uh, the more relatable a villain is, the more you root for them. Um, and I'm not trying to say Maxwell Lord is anywhere near as good of a villain as Thanos, but um, in the oh, writing
1: That's forth, a, a cop-out. Come on, Thanos was a 10-year like creation.
0: No, 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 no. But here's <laughs> the thing, though. Thanos could have flopped very easily, but the Russo brothers made his motivation very good and very understandable and almost to some degree relatable uh all right, the,
1: all right.
0: yeah you know with, with the whole aspect of like look man i'm not trying to be evil just to be evil i understand that the universe has a finite amount of resources people are going to starve people are going to suffer how here's my solution and it makes sense i'm not saying it's right i'm saying his solution does technically make sense that's one of the things that makes thanos such a great villain is the fact that you understand you disagree, but you understand mm-hmm. uh in such a in that aspect I think she was trying to make maxwell Lord uh an understandable villain you know the fact that he wants to make his son proud he came from very humble beginnings and again I you know I myself found like okay I kind of get it like not necessarily saying he's a great villain but I understand why he's doing what he's doing you know
1: can I can I offer a rebuttal do it Go ahead. The only one of the main things that I did not like about this villain, quote unquote, is that he's never a fucking villain. No one is ever a villain in this movie. It's just like like to to go even further. (laughs) Maxwell Lord
2: is the hero of this movie. What you have, you have an entitled heiress, a superhero princess born with all the power that she could want who is evidently immortal and just grows new powers as she needs them. Maxwell Lord is a self-made man. He empowers his employees. He cares about his family. He wants to give to the world. He takes his he vitamins. He gave to Diana. He even gave to
1: Diana. And to all she this, Diana some un- isn't cool. She bobbed some unexpected dude. Some dude was raped by Wonder Woman, and he doesn't even know it. <laughs> So, so we're getting a little bit ahead in the in the
2: plot here, but right, so the wishes that come from the Dreamstone um, are kind of monkey's paws, right? Even just naturally in the stone state. Something bad is always going to happen. Diana, yeah. naturally, wishes for Steve Trevor to be back. Um, and he does come back, but he's kind of possessing someone. Uh, Chris Pine is in the movie, but we get a couple of shots like of someone else in the mirror and were to understand that, you know, there's a person, there's a person with a life. He's an engineer. Um, he's got a questionable wardrobe and Steve Trevor is just going to drive his body around as his flesh vessel.
1: Oh yeah. He uses that flesh vessel too. But, um,
2: Jesus. <laughs> so, so his rival though, I think that it, to me, that was one of the bright spots in the movie. You know, before this, um, Diana's just really kind of she's more serious than she was last time. She's more grim, more sad, understandably, I would say, but still like a bit less fun to watch because of it. Um, with Chris Pine coming back though, she kind of gets a bit of that spark back. They have you know still that great chemistry. They do the the wardrobe scene, which I thought was really funny.
0: Uh, um, quick question, so. Diana, you know, wish back Steve Trevor. Uh, and then they have that scene, you know, the wardrobe. They're talking. They're spending time together. Um, Nikki. So Nikki was going to be here, but she couldn't be. But she did want me to send one very clear message. And it's that she felt like they wasted Steve Trevor in this film. She felt like they didn't have anywhere near as strong chemistry as they had in the first film. I disagree with her. What do you guys think about their chemistry in this movie?
1: I felt like he was shoehorned in this movie.
0: Fair. Alex?
2: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meet Mickey halfway in that I didn't think there was a whole lot for him to do, um, but I still like their chemistry together, right? I still like their interactions, but as far as him doing stuff, I mean, he shows her like a secret door and then gives her a motivational speech.
0: <laughs> you know, honestly, part of me wishes he wasn't in this movie because I feel like it would have given more weight to uh, his sacrifice in the first film. But then where do you go from there? Like, how do you not include her partner in crime, you know, in the second one? How do you I, not include her love interest? I,
1: I, have a, I have a food for thought. Shoot. Instead of bringing back Chris Pine, they should have brought back her aunt. What? You Which know, one? the aunt that died?
0: Oh, Robin Wright? Robin Wright? Yeah. yeah. Hmm.
1: You should have brought her back instead. <laughs> that would have been interesting.
0: I would have wanted to have
2: seen that. To see this Amazonian from fucking 1918 in DC, just modern day. Well that, that would have been, been hilarious. That would have been pretty funny. Um, some stuff with Steve doesn't make sense either. I mean, like you mean instance, boffing him? you can figure him? out a bike, a bicycle. Um, and then of course there's the pilot angle.
1: Oh yeah. So yeah.
2: Steve flies biplanes, you know open air, no cockpit, propeller driven. You're
1: I'm telling me he can't play. figure out how to fly a jet?
0: So, he should not a be able machine, to. Yeah, he should not be able to. There's been enough time to where like, that's over, what, 50, 60 years? Yeah, there's no fucking way he'd be able to fly that plane. Like, no way.
2: Yeah. yeah. Now, I really enjoy like the parts of DC that they choose to show off during their time together i mean uh steve gets to go to objectively the best smithsonian air and space um he sees the astronaut and that's fun too you know it's the role reversal he's now the fish out of water he says things like cheese on demand um but no as far as that plane that whole sequence was bad in my eyes because a you know why would that plane be fully fueled up B, why does she even have access to that place anyway? She's a museum researcher and these are like live, multi-million dollar vehicles. Uh, C, how can he fly of course. And D, how is he going to get to Egypt? Even if he knows how to fly the
0: plane, how do they know where to go? Egypt is in that direction. go in that direction, guys. It's that way. It's in that way.
2: Let alone the fact that, I mean, this is a stolen plane and he's going to have to land it somehow.
0: Eh, it's fine. It's invisible. It's fine. It's fine. Just land it. Just land it. Shut up and land. Land it anyway.
2: <laughs> and then when they leave it and a passenger plane lands on top of it.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> <That would've... laughs> oh, Steve, did we forget the plane? Oh, shit. And then you see the I'm, I'm sure the news it's fine. 100
1: <laughs> dead in freak accident on the airway. <laughs>
2: Like, I don't know. Somehow they didn't notice that there was a fully loaded F-14 there. I, I don't understand. Um,
0: imploded on contact. But, uh, yeah. But okay. So, uh, we, we jumped forward a bit there. Um, in between the point of her and Steve having all this, you know, lovey-dovey stuff, uh, we see two very specific things. The two villains, and I guess, Fernie, you can use quotation marks, villains. I mean, uh, air quotes, villains. Uh, begin to take shape. You know, we have Minerva who wished to be more like Diana, slowly gaining strength, more confidence, more, you know, of a personality. And on the other side of that, Maxwell Lord manages to get a hold of the stone and he wishes to become the stone and he uses that, he utilizes that to his advantage. Because up until this point, we see he very much is a failing businessman. You know, his bu- his building is in disarray, his floor, he has one employee you know, and he gets berated in front of his son. You know, you're a loser. And an he, investor, just, yeah. he just cannot take it. I don't know about you guys. I understand. That made him a bit of a sympathetic villain to me because all he wants to do is be successful for his son. You know, I, I, I understand that motivation. Oh,
1: you mean his son that looks nothing like him? Right. Like they just grab some random kid off the street and they're like, this is your dad.
2: He's not a great actor, either. I mean, in all his scenes, he looks like... He's always like looking down. He even looks at the camera at one point. Like, <laughs> he
1: be like, just play this. Just play this, you asshole. It's okay, Dad. You're not a loser. I love you. <laughs> was, was that good, Patty?
0: Just edit around it? Okay, edit around it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah so that uh, I understood uh, his motivations and it's at that point he begins to kind of realize what he can do with the uh, with the stone uh, that being you know uh, his first really big thing uh, is he goes to the Middle East but do you, do you remember what country it is by chance
2: um I actually yeah it's Egypt um so he meets with uh Emir uh, you know kind of a deposed prince i suppose who once had you know land that was in the middle of the um the city cairo and emir's wish is for the land to be granted back to him and what's interesting here is that maxwell lord has the same thought that everyone has when they think about a genie you know why don't you just wish for a million wishes or whatever um but in becoming the dreamstone quote unquote he like he's the monkey's paw but he does that manually he decides to take things from people um and i don't even understand why that would be the case that he can do that uh but that's his main his main way of empowering himself is by yeah. getting people to agree wishes and then he can take something in return even though i don't see yeah, why he would be able to do that
1: he, he's basically their consequence. Cause you know how every time you wish for something, there's a consequence that comes along with that wish. He's him getting something for your wish is the consequence.
0: Yeah. He, he is quite literally the monkey's paw, but he gets to pick and choose. Um, yeah. Yeah. In this, so he, he starts off by destabilizing an entire country in Egypt. Uh, and at that point that, uh, Diana and uh, Steve try to intervene. Um, and we get a really, well, to me, at least I thought it was entertaining, in action sequences in Egypt uh, where Diana and Steve are trying to chase him down. Um, and, we, you know, we, we get, you know, cars flying everywhere. Steve is, you know, fighting off soldiers as best he can. Diana's literally sprinting towards him uh, and dealing with armored vehicles. While Maxwell Lord is talking to the emir,
2: um, cheetah to be, cheetah in waiting, is helping out Diana, and she's helping out Steve, find out the origins of the Dreamstone, which conveniently enough, uh, Diana recognizes now. She calls Latin the language of the gods, Um, but all the gods, and even the mascara itself, I think, are Greek in origin, so that's weird. Um, She also says that the gods, they did different things for different reasons. Just like, you know, people. (laughs) Yeah. The dialogue is not great around here. In addition, she says that her lasso is powered by an element, but then she goes on to say that it's powered by truth. And I don't know if this was a product of like draft revisions that didn't get reconciled, but it just feels like they were going to have the lasso explained by it being like an artifact that had an element in it. But then later on they said, oh no, truth is the big theme of this movie. We need to kind of get that in there again. So she's just shoehorning it. It's just, it's not natural. It doesn't flow very well for me.
0: Um, they go in to get more information on the on the Dreamstone. It uh, is somewhat shady place, uh, but they get the information they need. And then they head to Egypt. Was that from like a cabbie?
2: Yeah, he was, um, he claimed to be the, the last Mayan. Um, but he had an Indian last name. Of, I think it was, his name was like Derek Patel or something. Yep. Yeah. And meanwhile too, uh, Barbara is is fighting off um, the same guy. Now DC isn't like a very big place as far as you know cities go, but she's meeting like the same attempted rapist and even the same homeless guy that she's friends with in an entirely different part of town. It's just, it's way too coincidental. And the Nikes are weird, too. It's like a weird product placement to have that your shoes are being used to, like, kick a man to death. Does she and kill him? the
1: homeless guy jumps in? No. No, no, no. But he's
2: he's just, like, bloodied and needs to be hospitalized, I think.
0: He, he's fully fucked oh. up, which I think he deserved, but still. Oh,
2: yeah. oh no, sure. I'm just oh. saying that it's weird to, like, have the emphasis on the shoe.
1: Like, see... The- I'm telling you like they don't make anyone a villain in this movie at all and it's annoying because there has to be a villain it's a superhero movie
0: but it's more complicated than that not every movie is simply like oh that's the bad guy fight them like there's motivations I, and different reasons why they do the things that they do I don't I get it you but even
2: this movie complicated
1: <laughs> I get it but even Thanos killed some people I don't care how, like, relatable some of his actions are, he's still made with the villainy, and he killed people.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and then, well, we have the action sequence in the desert. Um, Maxwell has basically stolen um, the the Prince Emir's, like, security detail in exchange for um, his country and the oil. And I thought the sequence was pretty good. Um, you know, Diana kind of like runs alongside the convoy. Uh, I thought it started off well. You know, Steve got something to do. He jumps from, you know, um, their car to one of the armored personnel carriers and like kicks a turret down on the APC.
0: And throughout the whole action sequence, we kind of we, we get a bit of a taste that Diana, that the Diana from I think uh, from the original film probably would have done a better job, but we're getting a taste that Diana's her powers are beginning to weaken a little bit here and there. You know, she's not as strong as she should be. She's not as, uh, as capable as she, as she originally was. And we get to we, we begin to get a taste, you know, she's losing her powers. Um, well, she's not
2: as fast with the
0: gauntlets. She gets shot. Yeah, there you go. And that's all part of it. And I, I like the fact, like, uh, one woman can easily fall down to, to Superman syndrome, which is, You know, characters too pat, too strong, too fast, too good. How do you really put them in danger? And I like the fact that, okay, we don't have kryptonite, but we can zap her powers and it's going to cost her her wish, which I like that. I thought that made sense. I thought that made a lot of sense. Uh, It does. And you know what, where that would work
1: really well? If she had a villain that was trying to kick her ass, but that never happens throughout the entire movie. Yeah, Maxwell is just saying, like, I'm not
2: giving it back. Like, get them away from here i don't even think that he necessarily wants to kill them um i was a little surprised why he didn't just turn to the driver and be like hey don't you wish these guys were gone (laughs) um (laughs) there's no fear of death (laughs) well i think that the the sequence ends poorly though because you have this this convoy of like four or five armored personnel carriers you know you wouldn't imagine those are like quiet vehicles there are these kids playing in the street who somehow don't hear or see them. (laughs) Diana like uses her lasso to catch a bullet in midair and fling it away from Steve. She like web swings again to like catch them. But then she lets go of the rope, which of all the bullshit abilities that this rope has, you would think the one thing, the one thing that it could do, if it can wrap around things magically, would be to stay in her hand.
0: I mean, I can't argue that. I got no stance on this. Good. Again, I acknowledge not a perfect film. Not a a good film.
2: Well, I don't know why Max is so fixated on, on oil specifically.
0: Well, it's the 1980s. It's all about oil. I mean, when you
2: can wish for anything, though, anything at all,
0: well, remember at one point he ends up—he oh, kind of gets over the whole oil thing when he begins to see his uh, health deteriorating. Which props to them. I really thought the motherfucker was dying. He looked sick. Um, that was that good. I never Maybe, understood you know, make a job,
2: FX job.
0: Absolutely.
1: Well, the, I never the,
0: understood as to why
1: he was dying.
0: Well, it takes a toll on him. Every wish like takes some degree of toll. You know, his life force, his energy. You know, uh, if you notice when Diana and uh, what's her face made their wish some of the some of the stone like disappeared like just a little bit of it like went away into dust remember oh. so it oh, kind of that I
2: actually didn't catch but i mean it makes sense plus i toy. mean if the wishes yeah yeah the wishes all have like a monkey's paw it makes sense that he would too if he was taking in the uh, the effects yeah. um so then we we get told about um asteria in order to you know prop up the ending where she's going to find um, her armor. She's going to use her armor. I wanted to ask you guys, um, because I don't remember from last movie. Were,
0: were we told about like the enslaving of the Amazons? Nope. I don't recall again. That's like DC lore, but I don't think they mentioned it in the, in the film.
2: Yeah. I wish that they'd mentioned it in the film because it's just like the opening sequence. You know, all of this stuff is revealed to us kind of movie by movie. It just makes it feel like the writers are saying, Oh yeah, and this happened in the past that's going to help explain the plot of this current film. It's like they're retconning, essentially.
0: Which is Jeff Johns' specialty.
2: Which is not a good thing. <laughs> You're not incorrect. But- a retcon is wide out. You know, it's it's for when you didn't plan ahead the first
0: time, so you have to say, "Oh, it was actually this all along." Behold, it was always there the whole the entire time. Friendship was the answer the entire time. Um, yeah, but okay. So again, we're jumping a little bit ahead. We want I want to get to one point in the movie, and I want to make a very strong comparison. And I think this is one of the reasons why I like the film so much. Um, we jump back into the, the US after Maxwell Lord has, you know, gotten his powers. He's now uh, speaking to the world. And uh, Diana, you know, the world's going fucking apeshit nuts. And uh, Diana is, you know, her powers are zapped. And uh, I believe they're in the White House, if I'm not mistaken, uh, when all oh, this goes wait, down. Wait,
2: no, 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 no. Detail, you're jumping, yeah, like, to the yeah, very end of the sk- film. The How
1: am How are you see, doing? That's the Dumb
2: ending. Donkey.
0: Fucking dipshit. Let me see, where am I? Barbara discovers. He, he goes to the White
2: House. Like his business is booming, but then he goes to the White House, and then the president tells him we have like a secret facility that will get you on every like satellite and every television set and radio on the planet, and then that's like a bunker that he goes to.
0: Ah, yes. Okay. And after he after he learns that, he decides to go to the bunker. That's when Diana yeah. tries to step in to stop him, and that's when uh, Minerva or Cheetah. Really steps in and. Well, wait a minute! She...
2: You're just skipping over like the whole White House fight. There's like content to cover.
0: No, I'm talking about the White House fight. Like, remember, her no, and Minerva went at it in the. Yes, I... I'm looking at the synopsis right now. That's when oh, they yeah, have they in the White okay. House. That, when you said really what...
2: went out, it I thought you meant when she
0: was powered up. No, no, no. Oh, like no. It's, it's the first time that Minerva and uh, and Cheetah uh, go toe to toe. That's the first time I've heard him talking to like
1: the a... president. Yeah, it's like a small. It's like a small spat.
0: Which, I mean, I don't I know, man. She made Diana look like a bitch, and that's saying something.
1: Well, at Wait a the minute, time, Diana was losing her powers.
2: Look, Maxwell Lord, you know, sees that his business is booming. And I think at this point, to what you had mentioned, Dito, he kind of gets his mind off of oil and he wants to go to the nexus of power, the White House. And immediately, like, when he gets in there, uh, the president is saying that he has trouble remembering, which I thought was weird. Like, were they poking fun at Reagan with that and oh, his Jesus. Alzheimer's?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that, that, It's fucking entirely possible.
2: And at that point, um, Maxwell Lord gets kind of his ultimate goal. He figures out from just like a random whiteboard that they had in the room that the United States government in 1984 had a program that could hijack every television and every radio on the entire planet. And the particles, because of how it works, touch everyone that is hearing or seeing it. And he needs to touch people to, to grant their wishes. So that's his ultimate goal now is to get all the wishes on the planet. To, to have unlimited power. yeah. Do you see how the writing is kind of weak in that there just happens to be like a diagram in the Oval Office when he comes in randomly? Again, he even that's, says, that's what is that thing?
0: Yeah, that's the comic book writing. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm saying that's comic book writing.
1: I'm just saying Marvel did it better.
0: Yes, they good. did. Yes, they did. And here we
2: get... Um, cheetah because when cheetah had found out earlier you know that their plan was to stop max max lord you know she decided to have no part in it but here she's actually intervening here i think is where we get more of like the jealousy aspect
1: yeah because this bitch has powers and now she wants to take away her powers
2: again the the privileged heiress to the amazonian throne who was born into all of her powers is trying to take away the people who have made themselves. Diana is the villain of this movie. What did we think of that fight sequence? The the first time that, you know, Cheetah squares off against Diana and Steve and the Secret Service.
1: I mean, it's just like there's no payoff cuz she's not full Cheetah yet. Diana's we- completely like weak because of the the wish. So it's just like no payoff. It's just it felt weak, and especially because they're not building these people up to be villains, uh, like legitimate villains that you don't really feel like, oh, she's finally squaring off with the big baddie. Like when you saw Spider-Man fight Green Goblin and Spider-Man one, you were like, oh, shit. But like you never had that. Oh, shit moment in this movie.
0: Now, see, I agree.
2: I mean, I, I never found them very intimidating.
0: Yeah, Well I see. I uh, I had a different moment, but it, and it does connect to a Spider-Man movie. But um, so you know, after the the little spat in the White House with the Secret Service agents, and then Cheetah, um, there, there's a moment, you know, where Diana's like limping, like she's she's she looks visibly like drained, like done, like she has the flu, like she has trouble standing, and she's been shot, and she's not recovering. And Steve is having to drag her through D.C. as everything, as pandemonium is afoot. You know, everything's destroyed. People are rioting. You know, uh, people are probably dying as well. And Steve has to convince Diana to renounce her wish. You know, and all she wanted for, I'm sure, what, what the past, what, 40, 50 years? Is to have him back. 66 years. 66 years. And all she wants is to have him back. And she has to choose. She has to renounce it. He can't undo it. She has to do it. She has to pull that trigger herself. And to me, uh, that might be one of the best parts of this movie because it reminds me a lot of uh, Spider-Man 2. And I won't be very clear. Spider-Man 2 is the best Spider-Man film, period. Fuck Andrew Garfield. And to some degree, fuck Tom Holland. The- Spider-Man 2 is Into the best one. Into the Spider-Verse? One. Yeah, I'm including that one too. Spider-Man 2 to me is the best, period. And really? One- so Spider-Man getting smacked in the face with a bag
1: full of a hundred pound gold points, gold coin that feels nothing. It makes perfect sense. All right, no, no, it's cool. I get, I get your logic. Shut up. Look,
0: one of the reasons why I love <laughs> Spider Man too is because Peter gets a taste of the good life. He gets a taste of not having to be Spider Man. He does great at his job. He does great at school. He's, he doesn't get MJ. He, he's closer than he was before. I'd argue, like he's living a genuinely good life. You know, and is that he, what you
1: call her being engaged?
0: Yes, because they're, they're slowly... He's trying to work his way back in there, man. Now... He was going to break them up. <laughs> I, I <laughs> bet you sure he could have. To, he should, to well, maliciously threw a grenade in Harry's well, face he, ahead of time. Hey, last I checked, he did break them up. But anyway, fucking he gets a taste of the good life, man. And then against his will, he has to go back. He has to be Spider-Man. He makes a choice to forego what he wants, to forego the happiness that he could have uh, in order to to do the right thing, and that comes after the fire, you know, when when that poor soul dies, you know, up on one of the top stories, and Peter recognizes I could have saved that person, but because of my selfishness, they died. He makes that choice himself. No one can make it for him. He does. In that same instance, I love the fact that Diana had to make the hard choice for herself. She had to choose to let Steve go.
1: You know. Yes, yeah, she had to choose not to rape. Uh, poor unsuspecting man that was being possessed by the... Oh, fuck
0: you! You know wolf. what I mean. You know what I mean in this instance. That's part of what I love about it. That's what I really enjoyed about this movie. Not love, but rape. I really enjoyed. That's what you enjoyed about this movie? The rape? Bitch, the choice. The, the choice to do the hard thing.
2: <laughs> I can understand the emotional half.
0: She did the hard thing and it was breath.
1: against his will. I'm cutting
2: all of your parts right now. Just so you're <laughs> aware. I can understand the emotional heft that, you know, Diana has to let go of the thing that she's longed for. She says like, I'll never love again. Yet, obviously this has changed her. Right. And you see that in the beginning of the movie, cause she's a different person. Um, you see the impact that Steve's loss had on her, but it's surrounded by these elements that I didn't enjoy at all. Like with the white house fight against the secret service where she was using her lasso like a lightsaber and spinning it around to deflect the bullets. Or when she did like a shockwave by clinking her gauntlets together out of nowhere. And then afterward, right, she jumps off into the sky and she learns how to fly
1: just out of, you know, yeah, the the in air. I was just like, then what's the point of the invisible jet? What's the point of
2: Superman at this point? I mean, basically, it's like, oh, Henry- and also I have laser vision and now you're nothing Kal-El because she has super hearing too.
1: Henry Cavill. You're not coming back.
2: Eh.
0: Oh, Actually, he just talks, but whatever.
2: It, it detracts from the moment for me because I'm kind of taken out of the movie by these things that just don't make sense
0: um that's fair that's fair like i said I, I i understand i had to dig deep to find all that but i mean when one of my favorite superhero films i possibly even my favorite marvel film um has such a strong you know that that kind of uh narrative and it's relayed into this one it, it, it was it was a great sticking point for me you know she had to make the choice but uh, besides the point so she uh gets her powers she gets she goes super saiyan you know loses lose she loses her krillin goes Super Saiyan, and goes to get the god the the armor the Golden Eagle armor. Which are you guys familiar with that at all? Or no?
1: no. Not really, but like she didn't even need it. It was just there for like to sell stuff, because she took it off and then she beat the shit out of Cheetah like nothing.
0: Well, I see. Okay, so the God armor, so that Golden Eagle armor uh has appeared several times in comics, several times in comics, but what it's meant to represent is. I'm done. Like Diana's done. Like she tries to be as peaceful as she can and talk people down whenever she can, right? Like Wonder Woman kills, but only as a last resort. In we the comics. That,
2: yeah. Yeah. Except but in with
0: Yeah, fuck Ludendorff though. Um <laughs> but he's a fucking Nazi. Fuck him. Well, pre-Nazi, but he's he, a Nazi. bad guy. Yeah, he's not, not a Nazi. A thing. But bad guy. Yeah. Um, but so in the comics, Golden Eagle Armor is basically like, I'm done talking. This ends with one of us dead, and it's probably gonna be you. Like, that's her. I give no more fucks about your life armor. Um, that's she puts that on when she's about to fight dark side or like other like super, super villains, you know? Would have been good to know that in this movie, exactly. That's one of the things that I wish because when I saw that she had the golden armor, I'm like, oh, fuck, is she fighting Ares round two? Which <laughs> unfortunately, she's not. <sighs> So,
2: I have in my notes uh, the armor looks good, and then later in the fight, okay, actually it looks kind of dumb without the wings. It's like she's on Power Rangers.
1: That gold bar.
0: Dee, dee, dee,
2: dee.
1: We're
2: gonna get hit by the copyright suit just for that one part, I bet you. That's fair. So, <laughs> the other thing too, I mean, we see, like, you know, fully evolved Cheetah, and I really like the fight for the first part of it, right? When Cheetah is, like, pouncing at her from the darkness, right? It feels like she's really leaning into her powers to throw Diana off balance. And Diana's having to kind of like protect herself with the wings. But after that, they they break like a power line. And I don't understand how like Cheetah isn't electrocuted when she touches it. And when they're in the water and it hits the water, I don't understand why Diana who's wearing a suit made entirely of metal, isn't electrocuted along with Cheetah.
1: Daughter of Zeus? Bro, what are you thinking? Uh,
2: I, was, I was hoping like, for an explanation, I guess. I, I have to be up on my Greek mythology when I'm watching this DC movie. <laughs> Even though they say that Latin Greek? is the language of the gods, who are Greek.
0: <laughs> oh. Eddie? No, no, that's fair, man. Like, uh, sometimes my knowledge of DC betrays me. Um, Eddie, I feel like you're the boyfriend that has to, like, explain
1: why his girlfriend showed up drunk to Thanksgiving. <laughs> and you're just like, no, man, like, she, it was a rough week. Like, yeah, like, she just, yeah, she just messed up, you know? Like, she just, she got, she came a little too hammered. and She tried to pregame. Jesus. Oh. Pre-game
2: Thanksgiving. And so that's the thing that's such a shame, though, Eddie, because a lot of this stuff is good. I mean, when we talked last week about possibly Hera having a hand in all this, you know, I would have liked to see that story or um, the Asteria armor, the the Golden Eagle armor being, you know, a sign of like severity from her. That would have been cool to see as well. But they're not incorporating
0: any of it, you know? Which is frustrating. Which is frustrating as a fan. There's a huge... Huge fan of, of, of the DC, uh, EU and DC in general. It's frustrating,
2: you know. They could have made it mean something, and now I mean, for any you made the point that it looks like it was just there to sell things. I don't know anything about you know the golden eagle armor or the comic books where it appears, so I'm like 100% to that conclusion as well. Like, okay, they wanted action figures, right? Golden, they eagle, wanted more Funko Pops, but in reality, it could have been. You know something that actually did have meaning in the movie.
0: It, could, it would have been decisive. It would have been like, a, again, oh shit! Like, like the the gloves are off. You know, it, it, that's what it's meant to be. Um, and they didn't build it up properly. They didn't take the time. Shit, that's the armor she should have worn in Justice League to fight Wolf. Like, with that armor, you got a shot. So,
2: you know, after having um, kind of neutralized Cheetah. Um, she goes into the bunker where Maxwell Lord, I mean, he's kind of been like evangelizing, right? He's turned on the, uh, the worldwide communicator. Um, all around the globe, we see like absolute pandemonium. More nukes uh, have appeared like near the Soviet Union, which has made them paranoid and everyone is about to launch. Um, more countries are getting missiles as, you know, they wish for them. Um, old tensions are being exacerbated like I wish all the Irish were gone out of Britain and you see police like rounding people up in the streets
1: one dude wishes and his I... wife
0: dies oh my god I remember that <laughs> and then he does
2: in the middle of the restaurant he just like slumps over I thought that that was actually a pretty good sequence I wish that they would spent a little more time with moments like that um, but I thought that that was pretty effective
0: um, no, yeah, and I like those sequences as well. And we see, you know, the world chaos that's happening with everyone's wishes coming true. Um, quick question though how, how did y'all feel about the fact that she couldn't reach uh Maxwell Lord with the lasso and she ended up pleading like with the world? Like, the ending of the movie didn't come with a punch or a neck snap like I was hoping, it came with a plea for you know, uh, for peace, you know, for truth. And, uh, I don't know, to me, at least it echoed a lot of what was going on nowadays. Like, Patty Jenkins made no qualms about it. She said, like, no, the fucking current state of the world did influence the movie. So in that capacity, you know, uh, fucking uh, alternative facts. You know, she confer- she she was trying to talk uh, in that capacity as well. What would you guys think?
1: I thought it was a little lame.
2: I think it makes sense because, you know, just like Fernie's been saying, no one is set up as like the real villain of the piece. If if there was a villain, I guess Patty Jenkins is making the argument that it's us. Um,
1: and that infuriates feels, me even more.
2: Which it feels a bit preachy, you know, just like kind of Diana when she's talking about truth. Well, yeah, the truth is pretty fucking convenient for the immortal princess superhero. Right, and I get it. Yeah, your boyfriend died. It's been sixty-six years, though, and you're immortal, and a princess, and a and you superhero. got to boo him again. And it's just, I, I don't know. It was a bit, it was a bit trite. Um, what did you guys think of the intercut scenes of Maxwell Lord um, in his like childhood, where he's getting abused? <laughs> he's like
0: watching his mom getting beaten up.
1: I was like, this is two hours and twenty minutes too late, bro.
0: I, yeah, I wish it had happened earlier. You might have given it more of a shit about him. But I again I that's the part that makes me go, okay, he wasn't a bad villain. Like I again, Fernie's right. It should have had it, they should have shown it earlier on in the movie, but that only goes to my point of like I understand, you know, he wants to be successful. You know, and you see him young, you see like this young you know, 20, 23, 24 year old kid, a guy around our age or a little bit younger, you know, opening his business, you know, trying to, to you know, the American dream. And right, right. You know, fucking fails. He's obviously you know? failed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like and that's, fun. that's about as relatable as it gets. He failed. Well,
2: the thing of it is, I mean, I think that it should have been done earlier, but I also thought that it felt out of place. With, I mean, these shots of, like, the world and people, like, renouncing wishes, Um, I thought to have, like, her impassioned speech and then, like, to show this kid, like, you know, seeing his mom getting beaten up, seeing, you know, getting yelled at by an abusive father, I thought it was just out of place tonally for that sequence. Uh, It felt, like, shoehorned into me. Um, The other thing I want to know is how the hell did all those people know English to renounce their wishes?
0: Because they only showed the Americans.
2: They they did not they did not only show. Oh, that's head. right,
0: that's right. Even like the prince, that's right. The in prince in the desert,
2: who are like, we want missiles.
0: Oh, that's right. You know that would have been a cool sequence. That would have been uh well, like everyone says in their native tongue. Like you know, I renounce my wish. You know, in Spanish, you know, blah blah blah. blah. In Russian, da blah, da blah, blah, blah. You know, all those it would wow. have been
2: easy too because Diana canonically knows all of those languages. But no, she says it in English, and everyone just knows. Wow.
0: Okay. You know what? That would have been. That would have worked. I would have liked that. So Diana defeats uh, Maxwell Lord with the truth, and Maxwell Lord renounces his wish as well, and the world is saved, seemingly.
2: Yeah. I mean, Maxwell Lord goes and reunites with his son. Uh, we get one more shot of, you know, Alastair being a bad actor, <laughs> uh, saying that you know you don't have to to do anything, you know, because you're my dad. It's all very, you know.
1: I love you, generic. Dad. You're the best dad. I'm exactly. proud of you.
2: Fucking mean, proud of you for being a supervillain and making that Irish guy kill his wife. Um,
1: was that was that good, Patty? Was it? <laughs> it was good? good. Okay.
2: What did you guys think of um, kind of the the after action scene of the engineer guy talking to Diana?
1: <laughs> oh, that's what you think about it. Okay. Are you done? Are you done? Now I am actually. I was trying to get are it all out of
0: once. Fuck you. We'll cut this. All of this.
1: Good. Oh, the. I mean, the, my funny answer would be him, uh, you know, being like, "Aren't you the woman that raped me?" But the real answer is like, what are the
0: fucking chances here? I mean, apparently fucking lead. DC is not that big of a place.
2: Uh, that's frustrating as well, but
0: i just thought it was really weird
2: um because you know for all the time plow
1: you like a couple days ago
2: for all the time that chris pines in the movie in canon (laughs) diana is seeing this engineer guy whenever she's with him so i don't know it just felt really really awkward when they started to like hit it off um it seemed to me like uh I don't know, like some kind of a psychological replacement for Steve, because I mean, he quote something unquote illegal. was Steve. It was it was a little bit disturbing when I thought too much about it.
0: I mean, I uh, God, I wish they hadn't included that. Like, I understand the whole like, oh, maybe she'll find love again, kind of thing. But I mean. Wasn't that the whole point of like saying goodbye to Steve was her being like, you know what? I'm never going to find love. I'm done. I'm out. Peace. Deuces. You know, and wouldn't the final scene be better for like, maybe traveling or doing her own thing and being a strong, independent woman who don't need no man? Well, I don't know. Or because... show what
1: happened to Cheetah.
2: <laughs> Knowing what happened to Cheetah would be nice. Um, because, you know, he says, I hope that's not the case. You know, I hope you do find love again. Or whatever. But... Like, with this guy, it just feels like it's obviously a replacement for him or, like, a reminder of him in, in the final days that they had. It just feels really weird. Like, it feels to me that if they do have a relationship, it's going to be because she was using him, uh, which then plays back to uh, to Fernando's objections.
1: Uh, can you put this bag over your face and say that your name is Steve?
2: Yikes. All right, so what do we think about the... Um... The after credits scene though
1: oh the 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 carter uh making her appearance
2: yeah we find who Asteria is and i wasn't expecting that i mean i it slipped from my mind that linda carter um you know had that wonder woman series in the 70s i thought it was kind of fun you know thought it was fine it was about 30 (laughs) seconds long that seemed appropriate
1: I was just like, eh, I mean, you're paying homage to the original TV Wonder Woman. Go for it.
0: Honestly, I kind of wish she had actually been Hera instead of just, like, that old hero. But fine, whatever. I'll take it, I guess. God, if if only someone would, like, redo the whole DCEU, but, like, better.
1: You know what the biggest problem about this movie is? Is that it was delayed for so long that it had all this hype around it. And once it came out, it did not deliver on any of that hype.
0: I mean, like, what movie? Like, could have like from that kind of delay? Like, single shot movie.
1: Uh, Avengers Endgame.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Avengers Endgame. Yes, the culmination of over ten years of work. Yes, it lived up no, to the you, fucking hype. You
1: said you said a movie that was delayed, and it was delayed. Was it? So
0: Endgame. Yeah. Uh, what are y'all's, like, final thoughts on the movie? Like, final criticisms? Any praise? Like, you know,
1: what are y'all's thoughts on it? Dude, I don't know what I can praise about this movie. I really don't. Like, this movie really shat the bed. Like, it was nowhere near as good as it was in the first. I think the fact that it came out certified fresh was complete horseshit. And the fact that it lost its certified fresh... uh moniker on Rotten Tomatoes which I don't even like Rotten Tomatoes but yeah it lost that moniker of Certified Fresh shows a lot that this movie had a lot of missteps
2: yeah I had been uh, pretty hopeful after the last one this makes me disappointed I mean in Patty Jenkins right in the writing of course uh it makes me disappointed for Gal Gadot and Chris Pine uh who i thought you know did what they could but were underserved it makes me disappointed for the dc eu as a whole i mean i never want to see a bad movie uh shame on you eddie for making me watch this one um (laughs) wonder woman you know i've heard so often like was the best that the dc you know movie universe had to offer or one of the best and to see it like fall this far it makes me discouraged. Um I didn't have a lot of reasons to watch DC movies. I've seen a couple that, you know, were fine or that I enjoyed, like Wonder Woman. Um, but if this is what they're going to be turning out, I, I really just have no reason to continue watching. Um I give it a D. Damn.
1: Uh yeah, I'd give it a I'd give it a D.
0: Fucking fair. Um Well shit. i I understand people's problems with the movies and I understand why people don't like certain aspects of it. But just to me, to finally uh, watch these comic book characters come to life on the big screen, to enjoy the story and enjoy the, the action sequences, the hard decisions that Diana has to make. Um, literally, I think my only beef with the movie is the matter which she she won. You know, I kind of wish she had confronting Maxwell Lord more on a physical level, but besides that one thing that really kind of bugged me, um, God, I understand the spiritism. I'm giving this movie a beat. But again, I I I enjoy this movie, this film series.
1: I feel like that, your little speech was that speech of that wrestling fan that goes, it's still real to me, damn it! Well, what I find
2: interesting is that now we can like quantify, basically, how much being a dc film raises a movie in eddie's eyes because i mean we both gave it a d but this is a b movie for him right dude they could do no
1: wrong well
2: no we know that they could turn out the worst movie possible right by our standards it'd be an f but it would get a c from him dude,
1: also they, I, I would like to say i they went back to smack re-watch. him in the face
0: <laughs> I would. I went back to go rewatch Suicide Squad. Not as fun as I remember it. I'll admit that. If y'all ever want to review Suicide Squad, not as much fun as I remember it. Not terrible. Not the worst piece of shit ever, but I liked it less now than I did when I first saw it. There's, there's a little Was bit it better of... better than the sequel. There. What do you mean? Oh, I uh, know. I'm pretty sure the sequel's going to kick the shit out of it.
2: Oh, then I'm not watching. The, the sequel is about like as low as I want to go for seeing <laughs> out a movie.
0: No no no, like Jim's Gunn is directing the sequel. So like you're gonna fucking watch it.
2: No no no, I'm talking about Birds of Prey.
0: You know, Suicide
1: Squad 2.
0: Oh, fucking no. Birds of Prey is way fucking better than, than Suicide Squad.
1: And that's cuz Birds of Prey Yeah, then really I'm not sucks.
0: watching Suicide Squad. <sighs> so, gentlemen, any fun, any last uh, any last thing you want to say before we uh, head out?
1: I just I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what DC's doing anymore. Like, I feel like they're, like, in a dumpster fire of a situation when it comes to, like, we want to make an extended universe, and then they kind of just don't know what to do. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, for what it's worth, they finally have a man at the helm uh, in Jeff Johns uh, where he's trying to, like, aim the whole thing in one direction, which fucking uh, maybe... He's responsible
2: for this movie that's not a good direction
0: he's trying to at least get them to be coherent like that's like he was working on suicide squad from what i understand he's working on shazam 2 like he's trying to get them to point in the same direction and flashpoint he's imagine kevin feige but kevin feige having to play catch-up because he wasn't there for like the first like six movies or he's kevin trying, feige
2: who doesn't make good movies i mean he's, trying, he's trying to it's course one correct. thing to be coherent but the important thing is that it be
0: entertaining He's trying to course correct, man, and sometimes that's fucking hard when you like enter the game in the fourth quarter. Just make one good movie: Shazam, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, One, Birds of Prey. They're they're on a better. There are more. Birds of Prey, Prey was taking, not
1: a good movie. I will fucking go over there and kick <laughs> you in the face.
0: <laughs> Drive all the fucking way over here to do it.
2: If you're listening to us via podcast, please subscribe and review. We'd greatly appreciate it.
0: And
1: if you're listening to us on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Me and Alex will be here. Eddie, not so much. He has to go to a Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. But, you know, we'll be here.
0: God damn it. Uh, <laughs> I've been Eddie.
1: I'm Fernando, not the alcoholic.
2: And I'm Alex. And this was the rollback.
0: Jesus, this
2: was terrible. And cut it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. It's a terrible
1: fucking you, movie. You told me to do my shtick.
0: Ah. <laughs> uh.